0: he's more of a fight it's more of a rant it's more of random celebrities like what james about joyce um, james joyce
1: <laughs> there you have it james joyce reincarnated from the grave Same. well it's a cartoon it's- show he can, he
0: can be <laughs> in it
1: i believe you and he's just like you know he reads you some verse and then he rips off his shirt and he's this big big irish dude and then you're like oh shit Oh shit. like, man, Cheers, why, is y'all. This,
0: why is this Cheers, so hard God. to read? Why didn't you just write this like a little simpler, dude?
1: And Before then, are we fighting. fight, what was me. the point of Dubliners? Like, what yeah. was the point? Like, it's let like, me go. Well, good job. Yeah. He's like, I wanted to go. make a book that was
0: just like really difficult to read. who and Ayn Rand, congrats.
1: Hello and welcome. If you're hearing the sound of my voice, you are listening to the Two Beers Please podcast. I am one of your hosts, Yannick. As always, I'm joined by my other host, Matthew Phillips. Uh, see, I got it right there. Um, I, I really, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about about that's really a nice addressing ring. you It has a nice ring to it, right? I I think so. Like I feel like you're the more sophisticated of the two of us for sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole point of it, of course. It was like, how do I sound more sophisticated? Well, get rid of your generic ass name. That's for sure. <laughs> You sound I mean, like you're not a real. Per- you sound like a made up person.
1: His name's Matt Smith. I swear, it's not just me going back and forth between voices. I promise you, it's not just like. Well, it can't just be me. So
0: there. I. He's. Well, no, I, I, have... I like it though, and I, and I appreciate. I appreciate the use of it. It's got, I guess you know, it's weird. It's weird to hear it. I don't like like using it really, but it's like one
1: of those things. Where I'm like, well,
0: I guess career wise, you gotta. Sometimes yeah. you gotta do that.
1: There you go. You know, you'll love it one day. One day when they're shouting, Matthew Phillips, Matthew Phillips. There you go. It. it has a good ring to it already. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> it, in the celeb- in the celebrity boxing fight, you will eventually be in. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I really want
0: to have happen? I want them to bring back that, um, God, I can't even, think of, I think it might have just been called Celebrity Deathmatch. Um, it was like oh, the okay. cartoon, the cartoon. A uh, show of like it would be it was on MTV and it was like two celebrities and they would box and it but it was like insane boxing like it where they would like kill the other one and like rip out their spine it was insane but yeah celebrity Ooh. deathmatch it, go look it up nice. sometime it's hysterical um, that would be my real goal you know become famous enough where they make you on the celebrity death match.
1: And then I die can't, on Celebrity Deathmatch. And of course, yeah, I would, I, you die, you know, you go to Valhalla, you die the right way. That's what Matthew Phillips <laughs> Sick. Wants there you go. Uh, I can't wait to play that video clip a long time from now when it's like, well, guess what? We're bringing back, baby. It's the Celebrity Deathmatch. <laughs> that's and a lot know, of, that's
0: <laughs> a lot of wishes in one. Like one, that they bring back Celebrity Deathmatch. One that I, I get enough. Uh, you know, uh, fame to be considered to be on Death Deathmatch, then I get picked. I mean, but hey, fingers crossed. It's uh, a lot of good vibes yeah. out in the world. We're, so we're just we're, we're bringing on all the uh, was it manifest
1: manifest manifesting that shit. Manifest that shit. As the kids say. As the kids say. <laughs> as the kids say. Manifest that I think it's I don't remember I don't really know where that we should find out where that phrase um originates I've obviously manifest destiny but like where does where does uh manifest that shit I'll pass on that Yeah yeah me too <laughs> me too Um yeah, no worries. All right, as always, follow us on all of our sites. We're on Facebook. Just two beers please, that's easy enough. On Twitter, you can follow us at the number two BP underscore podcast. You really want to get and get to that as we get into March Madness, you know Matt's gonna be gonna be tweeting all tweeting up a storm over there about about the inevitable upsets. Probably. Uh Probably. And you want to follow the Instagram too, please. underscore podcast. I'll keep you up to date uh, on a more visual spectrum, as well as, you know, our regular podcasting sites. Also important. We got Anchor, we got Spotify, we got iTunes. Uh, Follow us, review us, and subscribe to us, you know, shout our name in the subway. You know, someone might beat you up, but you also are doing marketing for us, and that's important. You know, we got to support each other in these times.
0: They probably won't. People are always yelling in the subway.
1: That's right. And if it's yelling useful information, I feel like that would be more like you'd still be yeah, annoyed, most but most of be like, the time all right, it's, most of the time you. it's
0: nonsense.
1: And you're just yeah, like, exactly. well,
0: all right, I guess I'll just deal with this person yelling nonsense. That's right. why I uh, yeah. I never thought I would like the noise canceling headphones that much. And then I got on the subway for the f- first time with these and I was like, I can't hear shit. This rules.
1: Right. That's great. At at my job the other day, I was on shift and there was this guy yelling. At someone who wasn't there, and you know, I I was told to you know, can you move him away? And I was like, yeah, I'll try. I mean, obviously, how much am I gonna do? Probably not a right. lot, but like, I will attempt. This so I really I... need some help. I'll, I mean, I'll do what I can in this in this
0: situation to t- to talk logic with them. But clearly, they are in in a case
1: of, of in need of uh, some assistance, right? And like, you don't pay me enough for me to get into an altercation with this man. So, um. You know, I asked him to move along and it was this fun, like not this funny thing, because it was like obviously sad that he's uh, dealing with whatever he's dealing with, but he got so upset that I interrupted his conversation with this other person and he was so, <laughs> he goes, I am talking to this other, I don't know you, why are you talking to me? I'm talking to this other person, like excuse, I'm having a really important conversation. Why are you and- <laughs> interrupting me?
0: We are in the middle of some shit right here.
1: Right. And I was like, my bad. You know, you guys are obviously hashing it out. I, I just wanted to help. But, you know, I went back inside. I was like, that's that's as much as I'm given. He seems like he's he's got it under control there. Right. Um, yeah. And that's that. All right, Matthew. It is such an exciting time. It is our March Madness Bracket Talk episode. That's right, baby. That's right. Best time of the year. Uh, we'll be talking March Madness. We'll be talking uh, some NFL deals now that legal tampering has started. We got some crazy shifts around the league. We got a heavyweight unification deal on the table, and a legend retires. We'll be talking about that as well. Before that, as always, how are we feeling, Matt?
0: I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling well. Um, you know, like you said, it's uh, March is here, so been making bracket picks. I always I feel like ninety nine percent of the time. However I fell out my bracket the first time, that's basically how I'm sticking. I'll go back and, and I'll and I'll torture over some few picks here and there. Um, maybe like one of my final four picks, usually like two or three of those ones. I'm like, no I, I, I feel good about those. Um, because like you just kind of kind of have to trust your gut with this one. but um, yeah, making my picks, which is always a blast. back on the workout grind. Uh, gotta see some friends over the weekend, which is always always nice. St. Patrick's is tomorrow, so how can I not be happy? I got my tricolor behind me here. It's uh, you know insanely stressed out because of moving at the end of the month, but besides that, everything's great.
1: Okay, there you go. Where are you moving to? Somewhere else in Brooklyn?
0: I don't know where I'm moving here yet. I'm still waiting to to, to find oh, out about wait. possible grad school stuff. So that also mm-hmm. sucks, where it's like I don't really, but well, like now it's coming. Far enough into the 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 end of the month where I'm like, well, I gotta at least start getting shit ready, or else I'm going to hate my life for a couple of days. So still up in limbo, but I gotta, you know, one way. No matter where I'm going next, I, I gotta get out of here by by the end of the month. So,
1: well, there you go. Well, we we'll wish you luck as you as you start that. Pro- I moved it. I moved out of my place at the end of August, not knowing where I was heading, and it was the worst. And I was like, ah, this Moving. This is. The worst thing. Moving's the worst so stressful. thing. And then it's like moving just... in, I mean,
0: I hate to become this. I kind of don't hate it. I kind of love it. But moving in New York is a million times. Like moving always sucks. But moving in New York is a million times worse. It just
1: is. Right. Like, it, it just right. sucks. Right. I live in a five floor walk up and the street is literally the size of a pipe. So there, we had to park across like around the corner and then bring everything like that. Yeah. Like my dad and I had purchased straps so that we could like have the back brace and like move everything around because it was that bad um yeah street parking
0: sucks the like getting it into your apartment sucks the apartment's usually small like it driving to the new like every aspect of it is just like such a pain in the ass
1: so uh right but
0: you know it is what it is
1: Yes, exactly. It is what it is, and uh, but I, I, you know, I'm glad that new horizons on the way, no matter what they are. That's always good. In the time of spring, I'm doing some spring cleaning myself. Oh man, spring though, oh, I'm so sick right now. Just allergies messing me up. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I, like, I, I feel like a truck hit me at every point. I'm just like I, I'm working out too, uh, running and running with all the stuff going on in the air right now. It's just like. It's like I go out there in a Petri dish and I'm have to work
0: like, out is just like dealing with all the other symptoms like while you're running.
1: You're yeah, it's like, oh, I can't am and I can't. Yeah. Nope. And this hurts. And no, you can't. And you thought you could do this after not doing it for a little bit. Like, what do uh-huh. you once you're done, you're done. Now you die and you never run again. And that's how this works. Um, yeah. Working out. Also, uh, you know, these are all first world problems and we admit it. And guess what? uh it still sucks yeah, so <laughs> yeah. there you go there we asked go. each
0: other how we're doing we're answering the question
1: yeah exactly if i ever at at all points in my life walked into a bar and said to matt you know ah the situation in syria like is that probably the worst thing going on yeah absolutely is it what that's i'm going to say to matt no nah, absolutely not that's way more that's way more stressful <laughs> way more stressful absolutely I, I just want to get a beer and talk about sports if we yeah, get yeah. into that we're not talking about sports. I don't want to watch the game complain about my workouts or just what you do it's like
0: compl- right. complaining about workouts too is always like it's a it's a complain brag or whatever that portmanteau is of like it, it like you're always kind of being like, yeah hell yeah, I got my workout in like there's there's a little bit of a brag in there doing it when you're like oh I'm so sore I'm so dry like you are like inherently at least a little bit. So, uh
1: the complaining it's Love it's not all, it. it's
0: not all complaining, yeah, for sure.
1: Love to hate it. Love to hate it. Love to be like, "Ugh, man, I just ran a half marathon. I'm so sore. Oh well, god." Legs are shot. "Oh, man, I couldn't work out." And usually it's true days. like you're complaining yeah. honestly,
0: but like you're also like it's because I
1: Earned that shit. Earned that shit. All right. you mentioned our grinding. All right. You already mentioned it. St. Patrick's Day. Uh, We are recording today, Tuesday, March 16th. You'll be listening to this on St. Patrick's Day. So happy St. Patrick's Day to you all. Um, Yeah, I know Matt loves my my Irish friend over here loves the St. Patty's Day uh, lifestyle. Uh, what's your favorite St. Paddy's tradition and where does St. Patrick's Day stand on like your holiday on your list of holidays, your favorite holidays? Where does it stand?
0: Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, cause yeah, I love St. Patrick's. Uh, sometimes I say it's my favorite. It probably isn't just because there's more hoopla to go with Christmas. So I think Christmas probably does beat it out just because Christmas is like, so it's like a lot more but i would say st patricks is like my second favorite holiday i love st patricks and my favorite my my favorite tradition of st patricks is just like going out and having drinks and just like and just enjoying friends and time out and just like just enjoying life it's like a very simple like i i like the, the green beer i loved it as a kid my parents would always make our milk green which was like i thought was the greatest thing ever so yeah, going out, having some drinks. You gotta you gotta have some uh we figure out a more correct term for a, a Guinness uh boilermaker.
1: <laughs>
0: um some Guinness, some Jameson, some Bailey's, all mixed in one. Definitely have a few of those. And um yeah, have some good food. I like I like having some pub food on St. Paddy's for sure. Uh, but yeah, St. Paddy's is just
1: it's just a good
0: old celebration. Everyone, everyone's Irish on St. Patrick's.
1: There you go. You know what I'll say about St. Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Day is my favorite holiday because Christmas is a season and Halloween also a season. So I don't count those, you know, but St. Patrick's Day is one day and that one day is phenomenal. And like St. Patrick's above Valentine's Day for me, you know, I like it more than New Year's because New Year's there's too much. There's a lot of stress involved, I feel like, in New Year's a little bit. There's too much. Uh, I've never
0: I go out on New Year's every single holiday for each one. Most New Year's, I'm like, "Ah, that was all right, but, like, nothing special. Every St. Patrick's, I'm like, that day was freaking great. Like, that was an awesome day.
1: Right, there you go. I mean, the only thing that could make St. Patty's, I'm going to picture this. We're manifesting this shit. St. Patrick's Day, 20 years from now, is the day Matthew Phillips will fight in the celebrity death match. There we go. (laughs) It's going to be great. It's going to be great. He's going to get super drunk, and then he's going to die, and then we will all clap and uh it'll be great uh i don't i don't, I don't know it's if there's a, a better way moment. to go that's a really special moment i have high hopes oh. for you i have such high hopes for you tears
0: you know. tears seeing my cartoon self die i wonder who i'll fight
1: i don't know either i mean uh, you would know like this more saint, than i if it's
0: like a saint patrick celebration then the night should probably
1: be like another irish uh connor <laughs> But by then, he's like really old, so maybe he'll yeah. <laughs> that? He's win. like, I got no idea. So yeah, let's get into sports, Matt. I mean, with, with a lot of different things to talk about, I think there's no better place to start than the retirement of an absolute NFL legend. Uh, we'll talk about where you rate him in terms of quarterbacks. But Drew Brees, star Saints quarterback, announcing his retirement uh, a couple days ago. There were some rumors, you know, that maybe, like, he would return. But for the most part, I think everybody expected this already last year uh, and definitely this year. And, yeah, we just want to pay homage to Drew Brees. I mean, he played for the Purdue Boilermakers, so there you go, Big Ten. He was the 32nd pick in the draft by the San Diego Chargers. Had a bad injury. People weren't sure if he would come back as effective. He was then traded to the Saints. A Saints was a dying organization, and Hurricane Katrina had just come through, and everybody was leaving. He went there, and he became a star for 14 wonderful years. Uh, Only Super Bowl for the Saints was won under the tutelage of Drew Brees, and uh, with Sean Payton, obviously. He was the Super Bowl MVP that year. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to read through some of these because I just... Let's I mean he was two-time uh, NFL offensive player because of the it's year. insane. Yeah, two times NFL offensive player of the year. He was a comeback player of the year. He was a Walter Payton Man of the Year and he went to 13 Pro Bowls. But that's not the impressive part. The impressive part are the records. He holds the record in career passing yards. He holds the record in career passing career passing completions. He holds the record for the highest single season completion single season completion rate, which is 74.4%, which is ridiculous for a season. He holds the record for most consecutive games with a touchdown pass. First player to reach 80,000 career passing yards, most 5,000 passing yard seasons, and a career passer rating of 98.7, which is just amazing. I mean, Drew Brees, I, I I think he doesn't get enough mention in terms of best quarterbacks ever. I think a lot of times, for me, he's definitely top seven, eight, uh, and and I think if you put him up there, I would put him a little higher. I also wouldn't uh, disagree with you. So, what do we have to say about Drew Brees?
0: Yeah, he's he's one of of I certainly would say the all time greats. His stories, um, a pretty incredible one, you know, um, and a sad but unsurprising announcement. You know, I think a lot of us even kind of maybe thought last year, but I think the are coming up so close, but just not quite getting to the Super Bowl. I think you know was it. It had to be hard for him to to step away even now, um, where it kind of looks like they you know they've fallen off a bit, and and I'm not sure they they really could get there. Especially we saw his play kind of negatively affect the the team in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, not not a surprising announcement by any means, but but certainly still a sad one. Um, been one of the best quarterbacks for the last decade and a half. Um, I, I wonder too if like you know. Because he's joining NBC, I wonder if that kind of thing was part of him too, being like, you know, I got this nice, like, let me get this cushy job, let me get my spot there. You never know if somebody else is going to get that job first. Um, and, and I also wonder too, as somebody who I think wants to see the Saints continue to win, I wonder if he's kind of like, we're not going to get Russell Wilson if I if I stay here. Not saying the Saints are going to, not saying the Saints are even going to try to, but I, you know, I wonder if he's like, let me get the hell out of here, let a new era kind of begin here in, in in New Orleans, but. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned his move to to New Orleans, his in free agency from San Diego, and and it was it was a, a, an interesting one because of like he he was fine in San Diego, but nothing special. Uh, I mean, they were ready to clearly let him go and move on to Phillip Rivers. And when he got to New Orleans with Sean Payton, it, it kind of we we got to see the best of him um, and, and it revitalized his career. Really, kind of coinciding at the same time as as New Orleans was was rebuilding itself post hurricane katrina and it made for a special journey and relationship between the quarterback and the city and I'm, I'm not sure a quarterback and city have ever appreciated one another quite as much um, and perhaps quite as meaningful as as the relationship that breeze and new orleans has to have, to have together
1: right you know it's funny i don't know if you remember that draft but that was that crazy draft with Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, and everybody oh, yeah. was wondering. Eli
0: demanded the trade. Right. I mean, because he was good picked by San Diego.
1: Right. And and everybody was like, "Who's who's the winner here? Is it going to be Eli? Is it going to be Philip Rivers? Who's wanted by the Chargers? Is it going to be Ben Roethlisberger?" And the winner was Drew Brees because he went to New Orleans, started that relationship. And in my head, will end up. I mean, I think there's nothing that any of those quarterbacks can do that are still around. Better than all three of them, uh, so Ben is the only. Eli, man, so. Eli,
0: and Ben do have a, one more Super Bowl than him now, so they did. But what'd you they say? Did all, they did all. They did all right. No, I break I rank Okay. For them. Well, okay. Well. I yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, so the, the question of the ranking him, I I think he's top ten. I would probably would agree with you, or even like seven or eight. I don't know if he's top five. I, I I would say no. Um, actually, pretty definitively. I don't. So I don't know why I said I didn't know. I do know. I he's not top five for me. I, I Tom Brady. Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, I would put Rodgers in front of him. I'm not sure really, I guess, who I would put five, number five, like, in front of him because that's only four. But, you know, maybe L.A., um, Bradshaw, you throw in there. Brett uh, Favre. Guys like Marino, Brett Favre, of course. Um, I I think – so, yeah, I don't know where I I put him in the top ten, really. I'm not sure what, like, you had to say, all right, what number in quarterback rank is he? I think you're right We're we're maybe maybe seven or eight but but at least the top ten um of of all time, certainly you know statistic wise he's he's kind of unmatched, but as we do when it comes to quarterbacks, um winning super Bowls is kind of the highest currency and he he does only have one and um and had some good teams you know I, we we can talk about you know the rams that they got screwed that one year there there were other years where the saints just lost the game that they probably should have won so
1: Right, there you go. I mean, I have, I in no in no particular order except for the first one, I, I, like, made a list here. Tom Brady's at the top, and then underneath him, Peyton Manning, John Elway, Joe Montana, Dan Marino. And then I have Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, kind of neck and neck. I don't know who I put above yet, because Aaron Rodgers, there's still, like, he has still some time. So I think I, I, I will put him above, um, but I just want to see like where he ends up before I mentioned I think that's fair. Right, and then Brett Favre right after them, uh, simply because of some other stuff. But uh, yeah, I mean, definitely top 10. And I mean, any of those quarterbacks I'll take any day, let me tell you. So
0: I have Brett Favre behind Aaron Rodgers in my all-time rankings too. uh, Right. I think it's kind of of a, a sort of hotly debated topic. As a Packers fan, I don't really think it is. I know Brett Favre took us to another Super Bowl I mean, we went back to back Super Bowls, so technically has one more Super Bowl appearance, but they didn't win it. And Rodgers has more envy Like, I, I think it's pretty clear that Rodgers is better,
1: right? And it's not like Brett Favre has done something like it's not like Brett Favre won four Super Bowls. So you're like, okay, Aaron Rodgers is the better quarterback, but like, how you know you can't compete accomplishment wise, right? Right. So then you just yeah. do kind of look at you do kind of look at you know quality of play, and I I think Aaron. Rodgers... I Rogers guess they is probably Favre.
0: have the same. They might have the they might have the same amount of. of of mvps i may be wrong on that one
1: but still like
0: still i even as you even as you say like super bowl wise like that's that that's not another uh like a, a something he's won that like aaron Rodgers has to try and hit like
1: they yeah
0: after this year they, they're completely tied up so
1: there you go um yeah but obviously in the top 10 there uh so the question remains Taysom hill restructured contract Jameis winston restructured contract Who will replace him at quarterback? Will it be those two? Will it be Russell Wilson? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I I mean, you know, with Winston and and Taysom on the roster uh, and both getting playing time, I I think it's going to be them. I I don't see them being able to make a a play for Russell Wilson. I kind of feel the same way right now about the Russell Wilson situation as I do with Deshaun Watson where I I don't really give it a lot of traction. I think it could become something, and that one I would believe more so in happening than Deshaun, but I I don't think Russell's going anywhere. Um, so I think it, it and, and they're not in really a great position to draft a quarterback, um, even in this, you know, class that's that's pretty stacked up there at the top. Maybe they do try and trade up for someone, but I don't really see that happening with the deals that that they have made, uh, you know, relatively recently with Winston and Taysom Hill. So I kind of envision a, a two-headed monster, um, at least to start with those guys. They do bring kind of different, Skill sets, and and I think that would make for uh, you know a, a a difficult kind of offense to match up with, um, to to have that there. Uh, but we'll see. But yeah, I, mean, I I think for right now, it it, it seems like it seems like the Saints want Taysom Hill and and, and Jameis Winston to work out and and feel like they could. Like, I I don't think the Saints are like. I mean, obviously these guys aren't Drew Brees, but it doesn't seem like the Saints are are sitting here now like oh shit we've got no like we're we're completely screwed. Um, it it seems like they're at least optimistic with the options they have. I'm I'm not, I'm
1: not sure I
0: am as optimistic as they are, but
1: I mean, I just, I don't believe in Taysom Hill and not like in his play. I just don't believe that they're going to, that at some point Taysom Hill will be the quarterback. I think he, he is a great, you know, backup extra offense on the wildcat. I think he's a great option to have, but I just, I don't. I, even last year when he took over, I just don't believe in Taysom Hill. Uh, Jameis Winston, on the other hand, you know, he didn't get a lot of opportunities last year, so I think he still has room to grow. And, like, here's a little fact for you. He's the same age as Drew Brees when he came to the Saints for his rebirth. So, there, that you know, that might be something. That might be history, history repeating itself a little bit. Jameis Winston able to revive his career uh, in New Orleans. I see Jameis Winston. If it's one of the two, I see Jameis Winston, you know, I think it'd be really smart to draft a quarterback. Still, they've
0: just paid Taysom Hill so much money, where it it feels like—I mean, what? It's like four years, one hundred and forty million dollars. Like it—it's a lot of money, where it feels like quarterback money uh, and and more, like more money than what they've been using him as. So, like, it—it just seems like Sean Payton wants him to be the quarterback so much. I'm not—I don't really think Taysom Hill's the answer. I don't really think either of these guys are the answer. Um, But it, it. it seems like they're quite committed. More so, I mean, four year, one hundred forty million dollars to Taysom Hill. What's Winston got? Like a one year deal, and maybe Winston too is like, hey, I want to have options and stuff. It might not all be Saints decision wise, but like clearly the Saints are are more committed right now to to Taysom Hill.
1: Right, but if they were more committed to him, they would have not made it that the, that contract can void out at the end of every year. That contract is is false. Like it's not actually like he has one hundred forty million on it they can void it at the end of every year so in my head it's like if you're going to commit to Taysom Hill you make a deal that is as committable this is they can jump out of this whenever they want so in my head I'm like Jameis Winston- yeah no I mean they're not they're not committed but they're more committed to him than they are Winston right because I think they're more they're they know what they have in Taysom Hill they don't know what they have in Jameis Winston so I think if Jameis Winston shoot like shows out like shows that he can be maybe the Jameis Winston bet you know we expected him to be then I think they'll cut Taysom not cut him but I just think they're ready to put him on the sideline as soon as they can you know I I just think that it's uh it's a fail safe you know it's in a a way it's kind of like what New England did with Brian Hoyer for so long it's like they don't need anyone else behind Brady they but Brian Hoyer they don't want to trust they Brian Hoyer they know what they have in Brian Hoyer he's a backup and they like him and they trust him they know him and i think the same it's the same for Taysom they're like we want another starting quarterback we don't think Taysom's the answer maybe Jameis is the answer we'll see i don't know but like see, i Taysom- think
0: see i i think they feel that i think it's flipped where you like i think clearly Sean, Sean Payton has loved Taysom Hill for so long and i understand like that's that that there's 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 exit routes for that contract but that contract is still like and it's normally just looking at it on its face its value. Four years, one hundred and forty million. Clearly, they want him to work. Like even if you have that as like a, a void option at the end of every year, even ever putting pen to paper, four year, one hundred and forty million dollars. Clearly, you want that to work because hopefully you don't have to void it. And and that's the contract that you're playing your starting quarterback. But like I don't think you give that contract, even with the voiding options, to anybody that you're like, man, I hope we get a move on from you fast. Like I I think they. Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill for some reason. I don't, I don't, not that I don't think Taysom Hill's not a good player, but like Sean Payton is, I, I just think Jason, Jameis Winston has, has an uphill battle to like win that job. And I, and, and like I said, I think it's going to be kind of a double headed uh, attack to start from. I just think Jameis is going to have to impress a lot more. Like the bar is going to be set higher for him to become the starter than it is for Taysom Hill because like the Saints just love Taysom Hill.
1: I mean I agree in that Jameis Winston has a, a a higher hill to climb. I think that he got the one year to prove he's got a one year prove himself deal and then he's gone from New Orleans whereas Taysom will be there regardless. I just think that Sean Payton can run a certain offense with Taysom Hill that he feels comfortable with and he're right, he does love Taysom Hill. However, if he got another quarterback that could be more of that quarterback quarterback that can throw for yardage like his old boy could like Drew Brees, obviously are you going to get a legend like Drew Brees once in a lifetime? No, but I'm saying, you know, like I think they, I was saying this earlier, they should draft Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask is a quarterback that we haven't talked about much because his mechanics have kind of hindered him more than the other quarterbacks. But I say you got Jameis, you love Taysom, you know what he gives you. That is your fail safe, not like your backup plan, but you know how that works. And you know that you can win games with Taysom. But why not try also to see if there's another pocket passer out there, a true quarterback uh, stance um to see what else is out there because I don't think they give Jameis Winston that deal to be a backup. Also, so I feel like they want that quarterback competition. They 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 you know they offer they want to see who wins. And if they're oh, so sure. committed to for Taysom, sure. yeah,
0: I'm not I'm not saying they're 100 committed to Taysom. I'm I'm saying they're more committed to Taysom than Jameis Winston. That's I'm not right. I'm not saying yeah they're 100 in on Taysom. I'm saying they're more committed okay. to him, and, and that clearly they want him to work. Like I don't like you were saying earlier that they're like ready to move on to, to another. I don't think that's the case. I think they want him to work out. I don't think they're convinced he's going to work out yet. Oh, I think okay. They, but 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 like, but I think they want to be. Like I think they want they want him to be the starting quarterback. I think they know they he hasn't proven it yet, or else right. he, he just would be. But right. I think that they like they're from where they're looking at it, they're like man, if this guy can just work out, that would be fucking great. That would be awesome. Like, I think that's the perspective that they have on it.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. I mean, they obviously gave Taysom more chances than Jameis last year. We'll see how it works out in the camp this year. Regardless, neither of those quarterbacks are going to be Drew Brees uh, and a great great legend uh, that New Orleans will be – forever able to hang their hat on, especially after a hard time in New Orleans. And you're right. I don't think that there's another quarterback that is connected to a city like Drew Brees is connected uh, to New Orleans. So that's also something he can hang his hat on. I also don't know the last time a legend has also won Walter Payton man of the year and has won comeback player of the year. That's like such, there's like so many aspects of that. It's like, wow, he was good at everything.
0: (laughs) Well, and you know, I mean, I guess he started with the chargers, but it's, it's the first quarterback in a while kind of like great career wise guess Eli Eli was recent but but Breeze feels different but that that retired with the team that they you know were great with like Peyton was with the Broncos Favre with the Vikings Pey- Brady's moved on now like it's uh even Rivers with the Colts like it's kind of nice just him not him being like all right let me go try and get squeak two more years out which like I don't blame guys for doing but it's Right, it's a nice, happy, perfect ending
1: to the to the Drew Brees story. Right, which quarterbacks don't get a lot of the time because you know it, it's a hard, it's a hard job. Um, and you know, also one more thing I'll say before we move on, I think it's really it's something to say. You know, Drew Brees won one Super Bowl, right, and we still put him in the top ten of all time. Uh, I think it's also a testament, like how great a quarterback can be and how his legacy isn't tarnished and shouldn't be just judged by the amount of Super Bowls that he wins. Is that a, is that an important characteristic? Yes. But like with all the Mahomes talk of like, Oh, Mahomes is going to win like five or six before he's considered the goat. That's not necessarily true. I mean, I, there's a lot of ways that to, to judge a quarterback and, and Drew Brees is one of those, like look at all the records he holds, even though he only has one Super Bowl. So I think Super Bowl or bust, you know, Drew Brees has proven that that's, not necessarily the case in terms of, you know, all-time greats. You know, sometimes it doesn't work out. It's really hard to win the Super Bowl. It's really hard. And that's just the truth of it. <laughs> that a lot of, yeah. I mean, it's
0: it's it's so true. I think that's a great point. And I think it's, a lot of it's out of your control, too. Like, it's, it's why I, you know, railed against the the quarterback of being, like, the great at Like, half the time, he's not on the field. And, and, like, he can only do, you know, I do so much. And human error sometimes. Hurts yeah, a little bit of luck for another team. Like the way they've lost in the playoffs has, has been about every way that could happen. And a lot of it had nothing to do with what Drew Brees uh, did or not. But uh, yeah, really a, a, a great point on how we, how we look at the, the greats in, in any sport.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Well, we thank you so much, Drew Brees, for all of the great play through the years. Uh, there won't be another like you, uh, but I'm sure plenty will try to emulate you. And if you've definitely inspired, and we look forward to your NBC career, that's going to be cool. I, I, yeah. I hope you. I hope it turns out. Well. Gonna be good. He's going to be good. I think so too. I mean, you know, him and Tony Romo should just be together. Two quarterbacks talking it out. I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah. Um, and then well, Romo's killing it. Romo's killing it. And then Drew Brees can be like, "Yeah, but I have a Super Bowl. Yeah, but I have a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> do you see this ring?" <laughs> Do you see this ring? Do you see I this ring?
0: I brought my jewelry in today.
1: There you go. All right. Thank you, Drew Brees. And with that, we move into the main topic of today, which is college basketball, March Madness. So excited. Uh, we're going to be breaking I'm to think down. I'm
0: trying to think what the March Madness song is, like when I normally do the, cha- the
1: champions. Yeah. Really, I can't think of it.
0: I mean, there's like the Luther Vandross ball is tipped, but that's not, there's a different one. Like the CBS, got it. Now we're yes. going to get sued by CBS.
1: Oh God, CBS, take all of the money we're not making, my goodness. Um, Seriously, take all of my, take all of it. Um, No, but we're so excited to start and we're just going to get into it. We're going to give you best matchups. We're going to give you some upsets we see happening players that we think are the best ones in each region and who we think will ultimately win uh let's start in the East lots to talk about in the eastern region uh you know Michigan the number one seed you know they kind of fell off at the end of the at, at the end of the season there Alabama's in there as well Yukon uh lots of great teams involved. Uh, but but Matthew, these in, in the first round at least. What are some What are some of the best matchups you see going on? Texas is in there. Georgetown's in there. Uh, wh- wh- who are some of the What are some of the best matchups you see going on in the East region here?
0: Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, obviously, the playing game looks looks fun with Michigan State, UCLA, just because of you know the storied programs that, that always had a, has some luster to it. And I think whoever wins that game is going to have a good game against BYU. I kind of. Favor either one of those uh, eleven seeds to to make it to the second round. Um, obviously, Colorado, Georgetown. Um, you've got the the Big East champs there. I think the eight nine game LSU St Bonaventure is, is always is a fun one. Uh, but I, I the one that's looking the most exciting to me is UConn and Maryland. Um, both have a lot of good wing play. Uh, James Book Knight leading the way for the Huskies. He has been dealing with some health issues, so we do hope he's going to be there because we know UConn guards in in, in the tournament can do some special stuff. But, um, you know, both teams have been up and down all season, times where they've looked really good, times where they've looked pretty hapless. Um, but, you know, when, when Maryland's perimeter players come to play on the defensive side of the ball, wins follow. I mean, when when the Terps play defense, they win games. Um, and, and if their D can can be there, especially against the the tough perimeter players uh, for, for the Huskies, then I, I think Maryland, uh, I favor them to win. But it should be a, a
1: really good matchup. Yeah, I mean, we've seen firsthand Maryland – uh, hit their stride and and get a win in the in not a fun way. Uh, so I, I think that yeah it's definitely definitely an interesting matchup. Big Ten teams are going to be probably upset picks all over the board here. I have definitely an, an upset pick for them somewhere else in another region. Uh, I, I like like you said Colorado Georgetown Georgetown don't they don't play they don't play like a 12 seed that's for sure. Uh, and it's gonna be interesting matchup given Georgetown's big East win. I still think Colorado, you know, should 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 win this one. I think they have all the talent to, uh, given their their run at the end of the season. But I do think Georgetown, you know, you got Patrick Ewing uh, kind of leaving leading his uh, old team. I, you know, I, I like the story. It's a great story. if you want if you wanna invest in a story, that's a good one. Um, so I, I definitely think that could be an interesting matchup to watch, especially. Given, I I think for the most part the seeding is is pretty, you know, fair. Uh, I don't think Georgetown got screwed. Like obviously they had a bad season and then they blew up at 12, the end. Twelve and twelve, like literally a third of their wins were at the Big East tournament. Right, but you know who else did that? Kemba and UConn. That you know they 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 you know won out there to get it too. I think they were the, I, mean, I
0: think they were like the three seed in the Big East at that time. I don't think they were the uh, the
1: eight seed like Georgetown. No, but. They they were not that there's I mean I I don't know if they were a three seed I, they had a, they won out they won five of five in the that's what I'm saying this is what I'm saying they won five of five in the Big East tournament going into the into the in the into the March Madness madness um the other the other game that I see kind of being an interesting one not that I think I mean maybe but I, I, not that I think this is gonna be an upset but Texas Albine Christian is gonna be a good match because Texas has a really really um, kind of heavy tendency to play really close games. And Abilene Christian has a really good defense. So this could be a game that's decided by a late shot, and it could fall in favor of Abilene Christian if Texas isn't careful. You know, Texas has to be do do a better job of keeping that margin far enough where, because March is where those shots fall for the teams that they shouldn't fall for. So I, I think that they got to do a better job of keeping that margin uh, kind of high, otherwise they could be looking at a three seed that that goes out kind of early. So I like Texas versus Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian hasn't been tested. That's why it's also interesting for me. We'll see if that defense holds up uh, in the tournament. Um, But I also uh, like that. In terms of possible upsets, you mentioned it for me already. BYU is going to get upset. I mean, I'm already, that's an easy one for me. I I think it's going to be Michigan State because that's like a, that's just such a Michigan State thing to do to win the play-in game and then upset the Upset um, that, you know, just because, oh, Michigan State wasn't going to make it, and now they did, and then they'll upset. That seems like a Tom Izzo thing. Uh, and you got experience on either side, though. UCLA and Michigan State, you got experienced coaches leading the higher, you know, very highly talented 11 seed teams. And whoever gets out of it will will beat BYU in my in my head. I expect it to be the Spartans who get the upset there. Uh, and then you mentioned St. Bonaventure and LSU. Look, LSU has all the offense in the world. You know, you saw it in the tournament, the SEC tournament. But their defense is trash. It is optional at best. It is terrible. They they do not play defense. It, it, they look like the Nets when, you know, when the Nets try to, you know, they let in 140 points, but they win because they score 146. Great. You know, they looked great. Uh, St. Bonaventure looked great in the A-10 tournament. Um, they got a really big, uh, they got a really good big in the interior defense in Osun Osune. Uh, and uh, I think that can cause trouble for uh, LSU scoring. Um, so, yeah, I see St. Bonaventure possibly being able to get uh, an upset over LSU. Obviously, you mentioned 8 9. That's, you know, how much of an upset is that? Yeah. Well, you know, granted, but like still. I think, I think, if- I think, I think, I think historically
0: the nine actually has a, the higher winning percentage.
1: Right. And Marie me right. You hear St. Bonaventure beating LSU, that's still, for me, that's still like, oh, okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I think that LSU is in trouble if they don't start playing defense. What about you? What are some upsets you see in the East region?
0: So I was wrong. Um, Connecticut finished ninth in the Big East that year. Ah, Actually, worse than Georgetown. Yeah. Here's the thing. Uh, I think the Big East has 10 teams now. They had 16 back then. Uh, Seven ranked teams were in front of UConn, and UConn got a three seed in the NCAA tournament. So that yeah. was where the three seed I had. So yeah. okay, I there wrong on where they finished conference-wise, but
1: the conferences also look quite, quite
0: different now.
1: Um, oh, yeah. God, For man, the Big sure. East,
0: the Big East used to be so good.
1: But um, a couple years ago, ours still.
0: Yeah, I think um, I I agree. I I think UCLA, I think it's going to be Michigan state, but I think either one of those teams is going to beat BYU. I think BYU deserves their seed, but I just think uh, especially Michigan's like, I I don't care what Michigan state could be a 16 seed and could have only wins in the big 10 tournament. And that's how they made the, the NCAA tournament. And I would be terrified of them because Tom Izzo just wins games in March. It doesn't matter what his seed is. He just, does so i i just wouldn't want to play them the one I'm, I'm really looking to is i go back and forth i go back and forth from florida state in the final four to florida state losing in the first round um but i what but I'm, I'm, I'm looking for with the with the unc greensboro with the spartans it's a, it's a team that ran through the socon regular and postseason uh conference isaiah miller absolute gamer for them uh, only six feet tall, but averages just to click under twenty points a game. and Just a guy who who's just tough and, and just gets you those buckets that you kind of need in March. So so I'm looking at that one and, and second round because then we'll kind of talk you know more Sweet 16, Elite Eight next week and stuff. I actually kind of I think LSU's got a good chance of beating Michigan. I think I mean obviously Ooh. they they don't play any defense, but I think that that offense is clicking at such a high rate. Cameron Thomas is is such a G. I'll talk about him a little bit more. G, um, he's a G. And, and I think Michigan like. Michigan's not playing their best ball right now, and now also doesn't have Isaiah Livers. So I, I think Michigan just feels and they can they can withstand it, and I still think they are the better team than LSU. Um, but but I do think Michigan is pretty vulnerable at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like an open region. We'll talk about who we think is going to win, but Michigan, Alabama, FSU, LSU. I mean, blah, this this UConn. one
0: definitely feels like the most open. Like I, I would I say, agree. this
1: one's the toughest one to to make a call on. I agree. It'll be interesting to see who you picked. Uh, I, I'm I'm interested to see if we agree here. Um, let's go to the players we think are the best players. Uh, just to let everyone know, I for these we kind of picked two each. Um, I'm going to start n- not because I think he's the best player in the in the you know I I think there's better players, but he's the best player for his team, and now he will have to be such a good player. So I'm excited. Well, it's like the- it's like
0: best players and like players that like. Because some of these guys are like, yeah, this guy's better than him, but this player and what he does for his team and what he's going to have to do for his team is far more like
1: impactful and, and everything. Right. It's like best players, X-factor players, players to watch. This is that whole category. Uh, and I'm going to start with a guy that's going to need to absolutely ball out if his team is going to be the seed that they deserve. It's Hunter Dickinson. I mean, he's the second best big man in the Big Ten behind yours truly. Uh, And he's Michigan's workhorse. And now he has to make up for Isaiah Livers being out, not only in terms of offense, but also in terms of leadership. Isaiah Livers obviously being the leader on that team uh, is out of there. And so I think going to be really interesting to see what Hunter Dickinson has proven that he's a great player. Now can he step it up even more? Can he put even more of the team on his back and can he become instead of like a 14 point per game player? Can he become a 17 point per game in March player? If they can, Michigan can run this run this East region. They really can. Uh, but if he can't, then they're, they're going to go out really early. He's going to need to be phenomenal. He's going to need to be phenomenal. Of all the great players coming into this tournament, I think for him, he's he, he's got a lot of impetus on his shoulders with Isaiah Livers out. So Hunter Dickinson's uh, a play a big player to watch for me in this region.
0: Yeah, he's been he's been so so good. He's been I mean like he kind of he kinda took it to Garza in, in their one yeah, matchup. Yeah. It was rough yeah. nice to see, I think, and and he and um and you know, we we mentioned before Mike, Mike Smith, he was a twenty point score. Like he got buckets at Columbia. So there there are other guys that and he only averages, I think, about seven points per game in Michigan. So he he is a capable scorer. There mm-hmm. certainly are guys there to take, you know, to make up for Isaiah Livers uh absence they're they're a team that that's so deep and so just like are such a good team that the absence of isaiah livers certainly hurts them but i don't think it hurts them as much as it would hurt some other teams if they lost a a player that does that much for them um, Because, like I mean, Livers let him in point, minutes per game. I, I, I'll talk about Cameron Thomas. Uh, I, I think, like I said, I think LSU has a chance of knocking him off because of that explosive offense, and he's the guy that really gets it done most for them. The freshman 6'4 guard for the Tigers, led the SEC in scoring with 22.6 points per game. Uh, he's he's a bucket, as they say, and, and leads an LSU team. to Just be so, so explosive offensively. Uh, Wade there, just a, a terrific fiery head coach. And, uh, you know, he, he's a guy that's also going to look to kind of continue rising his draft stock and, and leading LSU on a long run. The more that he can play, the more he can show out, um, the more kind of conversation he's going to get for for a possible a lottery pick. So Cameron Thomas, from fresh the uh, freshman guard from LSU, my first player to look out for in the East region.
1: Yeah, I remember talking about Cameron Thomas on this podcast a little bit ago, uh, and and I he was doing well then and he's doing well now. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can improve his draft stock and help LSU – uh avoid an early exit, uh, which they could definitely get against St. Bonaventure. Uh I have James Book Knight. And first of all, let me say, James Book Knight, the fact that you have the word knight where I shouldn't pronounce the K, but then you do pronounce it because it's at the end of Book just confuses me every time. I'm like Boo Knight. And like, no, it's boo Knight. Uh, it's a crazy yeah, it's a hell of a last name. It's a hell of a last name. Um but UConn's best scorer. He's got 19 points per game in the 14 games he played. Obviously missed a lot of time, but he helped the Huskies win six of the last seven. Showed what a dangerous team they can be um, in the Big East. You know, anytime you got a UConn great scorer, you think cardiac Kemba. So you know they're hoping that James Buchnight can be that that uh, heir apparent there. Um, and I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure
0: Shabazz as was the seven seed in the lower left region. I think they're the in the exact position. That Shabazz and Napier's team was. I might be wrong on that, but I'm. Yeah, there you we'll go. go. To, we'll go to our stats and info. Stats and info team, will you? Will you look that up for us? They're, they're yeah. On it, hey, more. intern, where's the? Where's my sheet? They're hard at They're hard at work. Don't worry. They've got us covered.
1: Oh my goodness. Um. Yeah, they're so hard at work all the time. Um. Uh, no, but James Knight, he's UConn's best scorer. He makes UConn more dangerous than they already are. Uh, we've been kind of hit or miss on Yukon sometimes but I think if he can be healthy we've mentioned it a little bit if he can be healthy and and score score like he's been and especially at in the last end of the stretch there Yukon can be a dangerous team um so James Booknight another great player another player to watch in the east region
0: I was right they were the seventh seed in that uh in that region man that's a that's a Thank. crazy region um yeah and thank you stats and info book night though he's a a g i'm gonna go with a guard too another kind of guy i mean you know this this time of year and in the tournament it's it is you know the guys with the balls in their hand who are going to be making these plays and 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 it it determines a lot on on how far you go in this tournament so i'm going to go with with colorado guard mckinley wright uh just a terrific kind of traditional point guard in, in the sense of just running the offense um but he but he just makes plays whenever The the Buffs need it, you know. You need a defensive stop; he's going to get it. You need a big basket; he'll get it. An assist; he'll get it. He's just that kind of leader uh, and that kind of player. That no, whatever the team is needing in that moment, he's the kind of guy that's going to get it done for you. Um, Just kind of that classic sort of senior point guard leader. Um, And and I think you know Georgetown's obviously going to be a a, a tough first matchup, um, but but I think he's he's
1: got a chance to to take the Buffs on, uh,
0: you know, to steal some wins here in 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 the tourney.
1: Yeah, there you go. Lots of great players. Lots of un, like, you know, we'll see players too. Like lots of players that have been good but could pop off here in the tournament. Um, I think whoever comes out of the East region will be, will be interesting to see where they go. Uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting. I think they'll be battle tested for sure. So let's go there. Who do you think Matthew will win the East region and go to the final four? Yeah, I, I in my notes
0: I had this is this has been the toughest region for me to pick. Uh, so there you go. I think I've I've kind of switched, like I said, I, I I pointed out the Florida State possible uh, upset, but I think they're a really good sh- uh, you know pick to go. Obviously, even with Michigan's struggles, they're, they're still a terrific team and the number one seed. Um, and, and we all know what Alabama's done, but I, but I'm going to go with the Longhorns. Uh, I don't think conference tourney success really means that. I I don't think it it always inherently means okay you're going to be successful in the tournament. We've seen teams like Kemba that have taken that run and then just kept on going. I've seen teams get super hot in conference tournaments and then lose their first round game. So I don't think that really means that much, but but I do think that success is going to be held over for the Longhorns uh, and maybe more so because it is such, it's the, you know, the first conference tournament um, in, in a year where they've already been, you know, they've been tested and they've, they've been down at times. I mean, there's been times where we thought Texas didn't look good at all. There's other times they looked like one of the top five teams in the country, um, but it's a team that's more built on defense, defense travels, um, and, and they do have the offensive talent. Like, the offensive talent's there. It, you, you look at some of these guys that, that Texas has, and, and it's, it, like, astonishing the amount of talent that, that's all there. So if the offense can can really click and, and work together, then um, they're, they're going to be dangerous. But, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Hook'em Horns.
1: Well, hey, there you go. Texas, you're going to the Final Four. How does it feel? No. Uh, I, I love that pick. I mean, between Alabama and Texas and Florida, I mean, there's just – you're right. Anyone could win this I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, Georgetown, honestly. Like, I'd be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. You know, I'd be like, right. okay, yeah, it's it's nuts um, to see. This year, and, like, all my Final
0: Four picks are pretty boring, but this year, it, like, it feels – and this is the most – I feel like the formula for the Final Four most years is, like, two number ones and a two and then, like, one crazy seed. But this year especially, like, it feels like if there's not somebody over, like, a – Six or seven,
1: I'm going to honestly be surprised. Like, it, There's going to be some weird-ass team there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, in, in going with a boring pick, I also went with a high pick. I went with Alabama. I think they got great three-point shooters. Again, you talked about defense You know, wins games. They got elite defending. They got a swarm defense mentality that's really hard to keep up against for the entirety of a game. Uh, they're a grinder that will make it hard out for any team playing them and with Michigan on the decline and with Texas you know they show, if if they show up they're greats but they do have a tendency to not show up sometimes and so i, I think that that's my one uh beef with the longhorns it's uh, going to be
0: i hope we get that matchup because it's two teams that are so good defensively and can be really good offensively like there's times where they both look like extremely good probably Alabama more so than Texas but like if it's it's a matchup of very uh equal teams uh, similar teams
1: Right, um, I agree. like they can, and Alabama has that problem too., uh, but I love John Petty, Shackleford are both great scores. Uh, and I think that um, oh we got some oh my goodness, a car accident. Um, no, but uh, we got some great scores there, and I I, I I see Alabama winning out this region, and I think uh, yeah, the three point shooting is gonna help them for sure. All right, Matthew, let's move on to the West. Uh, dear God, why? Dear God, why us? Why, of all the teams that we could have ended up in a bracket with, why did we? it have to be us to end up with Gonzaga? Like, ah, we could have gone to the Final Four. If we were in the East, we're going to the Final Four. If we were in the Midwest, maybe not but i would see us i could see us going to the final four
0: every every other every other region i would have at least picked us to go all right like i would have at least been like yeah i'm going to be a homer i'm like the homer in me still wants to do it but they're not going to i
1: just i right i mean the west and not and not even to talk about gonzaga the west has legitimately Three of the top seven, no, four of the top seven players in the country with Corey Kispert, with Drew Timmy, Jalen Suggs. You can throw them in there, Evan Mobley, and Luca Garza. I mean, all the greatness of of the season in this West region. It's really a tough one, um, but is it because Gonzaga is that good? Uh, but let's talk about it. Best early matchups. You won't be seeing a 16 seed beat the one seed here. I would just scream if that happened in of joy. Um, but I I can't think of a bigger margin than would be that game i really can't um and that game's gonna be ugly for sure uh but yeah what do we think i mean i have the jayhawks is gonna be an interesting one against eastern washington not because they'll lose but because they lost several players going into the the tournament so it's gonna be interesting to see how they adjust so i think it's an interesting match to watch because can't we're gonna see what kansas is bringing to the table rather than what we're gonna see them upset um because eastern washington is not the team that would upset them anyway um so it does feel like a like a sneaky like
0: it feels like a game that Kansas is gonna win but like they're gonna win by like set like I I don't know why but it looks like a game to me that like five minutes to go Eastern Washington's gonna be up like four or down two, like they're like they're gonna make it a game and KU's always gonna be in control but like I I don't know why I keep looking at that game and I'm gonna be like that's gonna be close
1: it is Uh, yeah because can that's what Kansas has been you mentioned it like why is Kansas getting all this love their season's been average at best um so, you know, I definitely see it being a possible upset. I won't pick it, but I definitely think it's a possible upset. Uh, and then for me, I not to be a boring person, but I just think at least in first round matchups, I don't see anybody else getting upset really too much. Oklahoma, Missouri, uh, the eight, nine game, you know, two teams that kind of were really hot at different times. Mizzou was top in the SEC at one point, Oklahoma had that stretch where they knocked off like three top 10 teams in a row. Um, but both faltered down the stretch for sure. So who can find their mojo in this 50-50 game? You know? Uh I I am leaning Oklahoma, uh, but it's gonna be an interesting one for sure.
0: Yeah, that one is a really interesting one because as as you said, both teams have like has beaten Illinois, LSU, Alabama. Like Missouri has some great wins and then some like horrible losses. And and Oklahoma, you mentioned it. There was there was a time where they were like, the hottest team in the country, and now I think they've finished the season like one in four, one and five, which i I, I feel like I, I give a little bit of a, a more of a forgiveness to Oklahoma because I think the big twelve's really good. Um, but that that that's a fun first round matchup, um, no doubt i i I also really want the USC Drake matchup in the first round. great um, yes. for, Dra- for Drake Shinquan himhill will be back. Uh, obviously Roman Penn out for the season, which which just sucks because I really think Drake at full strength could could make some noise. Um, I like. I think they could just play with anybody, but if they get held back, like they, they're gonna be able to do it. I think they could. They can beat Wichita State. Evan Mobley and the and the Trojans, uh, they might be the biggest team in, in the NCAA, if not the biggest. I know they're one of the biggest. Um, while Drake really doesn't have a lot of size, kind of as a typical mid major, so it, it's a game that Drake would really have to be like, all right, we're gonna run, 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 and we're gonna pressure the ball, and and it's, so I think it'd be a very kind of high act, high octane sort of game. That I think the Bulldogs could could pull off, um, and then Creighton and UC Santa Barbara is is another one. Just because, like, I think UC Santa Barbara is a really good mid major, another team that that you know kind of dominated uh, regular season and, and postseason. And and Creighton is just so like, I picked UConn to win the Big East, and and we we talked already in this podcast about how good we think UConn is. And Creighton had a really good game against UConn in the, the, the Big East semifinals uh to make the final and and get that w and then the next game they looked horrible against georgetown and i know georgetown was hot but like they looked horrible so creighton is so like it's like two different teams that that i love both those matchups um and then i'll I'll just go right into you know upsets because i think this game is going to be a great one and an upset and it's virginia and ohio Uh, yeah heard if you haven't heard of jason preston you're missing out Um, he, you know, he, he, and the Bobcats already this year gave Illinois all they could handle, uh, in Memorial hall. It was a great game. I thought Ohio was going to pull it out, but a a terrific game and, and got to see him play, um, a terrific player. And then I, and I also just think Virginia is so primed for an upset. It's a Virginia team. That's been pretty underwhelming all year. And now also dealing with, with the COVID issues. Uh, it just seems that like that the, the plate is it's, it's set up perfectly for, for Ohio to, to pull off that upset.
1: Right, I picked that one too. You know, the major COVID layoff is just adding. It's not like I think Virginia is going to come out and all of a sudden be guns a-blazing, and Jason Preston is just like the engine that Ohio needs to get the upset. And, you know, we see how good Illinois has been. The fact that they played them so close, really impressive. Um, So I definitely think that's an upset that can happen. And I'm actually picking the UC Santa Barbara upset. I'm sorry, Creighton. You can't be inconsistent all season in a terrible Big East, in a Big East where Villanova doesn't look good, in a Big East where everybody's losing every which way be that bad in the Big East, and then go to the final and get blown out and then may think that you're going to get out of the first round. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. Ja'Cory McLaughlin is a great scorer for UC Santa Barbara. UC Santa Barbara has all the confidence in the world going to this tournament where Creighton, I, if I'm a Blue Jay, I'm not like having any confidence. Excuse me. I just got blown out in my in my conference final all season. I thought, oh, you know, we'll figure it out in the conference final. We finally think we do, and then we get blown out, you know? UC Santa Barbara has to play a perfect game. I definitely think that's true uh, because Creighton does have more talent, but it's definitely possible. I'm calling it. UC Santa Barbara just send the Blue Jays home before they make it seem like they're a good team. Honestly, sick of them.
0: Yeah, no, they've been they've been such. A, I mean, there's times where they look like the team you expected them to be, and you're like, oh, sweet, there's there's Creighton, uh, and then you know, there's other times where you're like, what are you, where did you guys go? And UC Santa Barbara, like, they've won, I think, sixteen. Or no, they won 18 of their last 19 games. Like they're they're as hot as can be. So uh, it, that that's and we and we always see a 12-5. I mean,
1: there you go. I I think so too, man. And I'm sorry. I, I'm just so mad at Creighton. I'm like, do you remember where we thought you were and where you ended up? Yeah, yeah jerks. Yeah, yeah, jerks. We thought you. Big East three as material. a whole, just
0: like Creighton Villanova, so disappointing. I'll talk crap about Villanova
1: later. Yes, and I will too. All right, in terms of players to watch. We haven't talked our Hawkeyes. I'll talk our Hawkeyes here. Luca Garza. Still not... Okay, everybody's saying he's going to win a player of the year. Fine. But I've seen so much media that's like, here are the players to watch, and none of them are Luca Garza. None of them. There's Moses Moody, and there is uh, John Petty, and Evan Mobley, and all these players, and none of them are Luca Garza, and I'm still sick of it. I'm still sick of it. And they're like, oh, these are the draft prospects to watch. I get it. Luca Garza's game... Does it translate to the NBA? Time will tell. But what has he done this season that has made you doubt it? What has he done this season that has made you doubt it? Honestly, so I still think that there's a chip on his shoulder to have there. Twenty future 7. in the NBA. No, I mean, okay. So you can say that his game doesn't translate over to the NBA. Fair, okay. But for you to then go out there and talk about draft prospects, not like. Number one picks. I'm talking about like here are the people that could be drafted in the lottery or in the second round. And to not mention Luca Garza, but mention like nine or ten other guys, it make makes me a little co- question. That's a little questionable to me.
0: Well, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but it is it is like top draft. He's not a top draft prospect, as good as Luka Garza is. That's because too, I mean, like drafting in any NBA and NHL, but NBA especially is like, all right, what can you become? There's no, like he's not really a prospect. He's a finished product. So you know, but
1: yeah, I he mean, still he should still get all the love because I'm yeah because he's Luka man. Garza. He's the man. Anyway, twenty three point seven points per game, eight point eight rebounds per game, double double doubles all over the place. Uh, should win best player of the year this year, uh, and and is the reason that the Hawkeyes are that number two seed and are the only person that might stop Gonzaga um, from from reaching that seed uh, from reaching that final four. Uh, and the other one I have in here. Okay. So obviously drew Timmy, Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert. Yes. I'm not going to mention them because they have each other to play with. So for me to think, you know, talk about them is irrelevant because they're talk about them as a unit. Um, and also Gonzaga is going to win this region. So why would I give them more talk than I need to Evan Mobley, the all around impact that this guy has. I mean, he's the nation's really defensive star He's got the length. He can be a good offensive focal point, you know, 16.8 points per game, 8.6 rebounds per game. And that's on a team that does not use him. Like they should use him. My God, if they used Evan Mobley, like he can be used, they would be so much better. And I just don't think they give him the opportunity. He's a freshman with immense potential. And like I said, I give him the edge in this in category over Kispert because he has much less help. He has much less help than the Gonzaga stars do. Like, Honestly, Gonzaga was down twenty, and it didn't matter because their fourth player dropped thirty points, and it was fine. So, uh, Evan Mobley are going to be really excited to watch uh, for USC, and we'll see where USC goes in this in this region.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've talked at, at nauseam about Luca and Evan, so I'm glad I'm glad you talked about them because they they probably are the two best players, the players I would normally pick, but they're players I talk so much about that I didn't want to talk about them anymore. Um, But um, so I actually am going to talk about Corey Kispert because I think he's kind of the guy for me when it comes to Gonzaga and and that BYU game was why when they were down, it was him in the second half starting to make threes and really get things going. And it's, it's less so of like, I think Corey Kispert's going to be their best player. Tim might be their highest scorer in the, the in the uh, tournament. And, And Suggs is probably going to be the guy even that makes like the big, big time plays because he's, you know, the big NBA prospect. But I think, the team goes as Corey Kispert goes. Like, his mentality is what the team takes on. So when he's on and he's shooting and all that, like, it, they that, that's when they become unstoppable. Like, and, and I just think they, like, he's kind of really what, what gets them going. And, and when, when he's on, like, they're, they just, they can't be beat.
1: Right. All right. Well, let's get to it. <sighs> is there any chance the Iowa Hawkeyes beat the Gonzaga? <laughs> I mean, there's a chance. Of course, there's a chance. Right. Um, I mean, who do we think? Do we both think Gonzaga is going to win this region, though? Yeah, it is.
0: I mean, I I would love to pick Iowa. I would, but I, I just, I'm not sure anyone can beat Gonzaga this year. Like the the number one seed is always presumably um, a team that looks pretty daunting. I, I I don't remember a number one seed. It's been a while since we've seen a number one seed that that just seems so like so obviously the best team. So. I mean, and hell, we've, we've seen Iowa try and fail already, which is, uh, you know, so I think Zags second Final Four. But that is like, what the hell is up with this bracket, Co- selection committee? You got Iowa, KU, and Virginia all being in Gonzaga's bracket. All teams that Gonzaga has played. Like, that's just lame, selection committee. And I, under- I understand you want to see these teams correctly. You want to do one through 68 and make sure everybody's in their spot. But I But I think, like, on each seed line, there's – probably some variation to be had. Like, obviously, you you do it to avoid, like, early conference matchups and stuff. So I, that, was, that was one thing I was disappointed with as just, like, a basketball fan, not even just as an Iowa fan being like, I don't want to play Gonzaga. But, like, man, the Elite 8 matchups and, and Sweet 16 matchups and stuff, like, those are supposed to be, like, stuff we haven't gotten to see. And the fact that, like, both of the, the biggest games in this region are going to be games that we've seen before – and weren't really that close either. Um, let's
1: do better. Do better, selection committee. Come on. Do better. You suck. Anyway, yeah, tough draw for Iowa. It's gonna hurt them, but you know, hopefully, we see them get to an elite eight um, before bowing out uh, to the champions of this tournament eventually. Um, and that that that's a big step for an Iowa team. That me and Matt were talking about it. We we expect too much of the Iowa Hawkeye basketball team at times, and that's fair. Uh but we're fans. That's what fans do. Um, but we gotta we gotta, you know, Fran McCaffrey got an extension for a reason is because we shouldn't be talking about Iowa basketball as possibly a team that can knock off Gonzaga. We shouldn't be. Um, and the fact that we are, you know, granted, Luca Garza is a once once in a generation talent. So, you know, we'll see where we go from here. But Fran McCaffrey's done his job for sure.
0: I mean, we've never we've never been to an elite eight since we've been alive. We've been to one Sweet Sixteen, and we haven't done that yet. Uh, but you know, this is the second two seed we've ever gotten, tied for the highest seed ever. So I, I, I think, and you know, we talked about it too about just like where the Iowa program was because Alford was a pretty good coach after he took over for Davis, and Tom Davis was was a terrific coach that unfortunately we ran out. Um, just kind of like Alford, but under Licklider, like we, we we were not a good team. We we, we just weren't. And, um, and Fran really has taken a team that was at the bottom of the big 10 and made them, made them competitive, um, and made them, you know, NCAA tournament team, um, more years than not, which is nice,
1: nice to be in that spot. There you go. Nice to be there, but we will see the East, uh, and the, um, Oh, I'm so sorry about that. The East and the West, definitely interesting regions, the East more so than the West, but we'll see. March, there is madness. Perhaps we will see Gonzaga knocked out. If they get knocked out before Iowa, you know I'm getting on that Iowa train to the Final Four, baby. Um, so we hope that that happens more so than Help we beat Help us out, them. someone. Help us out, someone. We, we, we'll will we'll, we'll make it happen then.
0: Oklahoma, find some of that magic you had earlier. You guys were, That's what you I'm guys saying. were hot as hell. Like, come on, yeah. you can do it.
1: Giant killers. That was yeah. your That was your logo. Get back there for one game. You can take a break after that. You okay see Santa Barbara? Come on, Gauchos. Oh my God. I would die if they lost to UC Santa Barbara. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. That would be, that would be the biggest upset. Jeez. I, just, that I, literally, biggest. I
0: literally was just seeing that in my head. I'm like, where does that rank
1: biggest upsets of all time up there, up there, up there. top five for sure. Um, probably. All right. And, and, and to end this section about we're halfway through the region talk, uh, to end this section, let's talk about the, the teams that didn't make it. So who for you are the biggest snubs from the tournament? I think we'll probably have one in common, uh, probably for me the biggest snub but but why don't you start us off
0: yeah you know i didn't really i didn't think there were any snubs this year usually every year i'm like there's at least one team where i'm like ah that team probably should have got in but i i think the committee did a pretty good job i mean every year there's going to be teams and obviously there are teams that have like an argument about you know being included but but i i thought this year they felt pretty spot on if there were teams that like you really had to be like ah maybe they should have gotten a chance I would have loved to see Belmont get a chance I think twenty six and two um, and unfortunately because of COVID didn't get a chance to play any non conference games to kind of show what they could have done against um, some you know h- higher quality or h- higher conference um, opponents um, which sucks because like they they dominated their conference all year and then lose in the, in the conference tournament um, so I would have loved to see Belmont get in um, but but again I, I I'm not sure they really is the resume better than than Michigan State or Drake's or or what have you? I, probably not. Um, and I felt the same way about like Memphis, Colorado State, Louisville, all teams that I thought had an argument, but none that felt that compelling to me to be like, man, they got screwed.
1: right. I agree. I don't think there were any like and in, in the word snub, I think can't be used with for any of these teams. What surprise maybe, like for Louisville, the fact that Syracuse like got in and Louisville didn't is a little okay. Like I think is a better team than Syracuse, but like they lost to Duke and that killed them. And you can see that. And for Colorado State, the same. They were 18 and 6. Uh, you know, they did beat San Diego State, who was the Mountain West champion uh earlier in the season. So you're like, oh, you know, that's something. Um, but then they lost to Utah State in the in the Mountain West semis, and Utah State made it. So you can see, okay, that was a that was a do or die game for both those teams. Utah won, they got in. Um, and so, yeah, Yeah. I, I mean, if Syracuse,
0: like if Syracuse doesn't win that ACC game against, I I think it was NC state, I might be wrong. Um, and, and, you know, Louisville does beat Duke maybe, yeah, maybe right there you see the switch, but I think too. And, and we've noticed, I like, at least I've noticed this, I think most people have, have noticed it. And, and I think even the committees probably came out and said it, um, of, of how much quad one wins really do matter to your resume And and Louisville having only one, I I think, was the killer for them. Like the fact that they didn't have really, you know, anything to be like, "Yeah, there's our there's our win." Um, like that, that killed them.
1: Yeah, I agree. And uh, with that, we're going to move on to our next episode. Thank you for joining us for this first part. Tune in the next one to hear the rest.